earlier this week, uh, the uh, Tony Messenger of the Post had an article in the paper, uh, uh, editorial, I should say, basically suggesting, uh, based off of the lead they found in a couple of drinking fountains in the city, that that's an example of inequality uh, provided to the kids getting an education in the city. And although he lives out west somewhere where his kids can go to a better school, his theory is we should dissolve the lines of every school district so that all the tax money goes into one pot and it's distributed evenly to all the schools so all the kids have an equal educational opportunity. And what I said about that was this is garbage because socialism is not the answer and money is not the problem. The amount of money spent per student is higher in the city of St. Louis, for example, than it is in the Rockwood School District or the Lindbergh School District or the Parkway School District. So so clearly money is not the problem. Found a great uh, article on this. Of course, where else? With the Show Me Institute. You can go to showmeinstitute.org. Uh, Dr. James Schulz is joining us right now. Uh, doctor, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, I appreciate you uh, giving us some time on this today, and I should point out that uh, you are a uh, professor, an assistant professor at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and of course a fellow there at the Show Me Institute. That's right. What What, what is your take on when you hear things like that, that people seem to think there are educational inequalities because not as much money is spent in the St. Louis public schools as in some of these outlying schools? Well, it's just as you said. I mean, people like to point to some outliers. They like to point to the Clayton School District, which is one of the highest spending school districts in the state, and, and say, look, there are these great inequities because Clayton spends so much money and these other schools don't. But the truth is, if you look uh, at St. Louis City, it's the third highest spending district in the St. Louis area, one of the highest spending districts in the state, spends way more, uh, almost, uh, not quite double, but almost double what Bayless spends, uh, about $6,000 more than what Melville spends. So it's not just money, uh, just as you said. We spend a whole lot of money in the St. Louis City. Uh, so there, these arguments about equity or, or inequities um, I, I don't think bear out as much when you look at the data. So one thing that caught my attention is that um, I think NPR did a piece on this as well. They showed a much more dramatic spending gap between, let's say, a Clayton and and um, a Bayless or, or Jennings or some of these districts that don't spend quite as much. Why did they show such a, a, a bigger gap? Yeah, NPR, uh, they're... National Station and then stations around the country did this big story on spending gaps. And, and I, I had this back and forth with them because they released numbers, just as you said, that showed much bigger gaps because they were doing some sort of adjustment. Uh, and that was the part that I was back and forth with them on. They were not very transparent about what that adjustment was. They called it a cost-of-living adjustment. But that cost-of-living adjustment um, made it so that it was basically it, – it, somehow inflated Clayton's expenditures and decreased St. Louis's expenditures <laughs> in other areas. It just, it was really strange what they did, and it didn't make any sense. And they were releasing the, these numbers as if they were their true numbers, right? That they were, they had adjusted them somehow using some formula, which they didn't tell us, and then pretended like they were the real actual numbers. And so what I did in this post that you're referring to is just said, no, here are the real numbers. I mean, the real numbers... Uh, for last year, that Clayton, this Clayton School District, the highest spending school district in the St. Louis area, 
very wealthy because of the business district that they have, spends about a little less than $18,000 per pupil. That's high, but St. Louis Public Schools spend just a little less than $15,000 per pupil. That's also very high if you compare it to the other districts in the area or in the state. Yeah, let me run down just a couple of those since uh, people uh, may not have read this article yet. Um, so Clayton at 17800 St. Louis City at almost 15000 147. Um, just a couple others that, that may catch people's eyes. Ladue spends about just under thirteen thousand per student. Parkway around twelve. Hazelwood around eleven thousand. Uh, Rockwood around ten thousand three hundred. Uh, these were based on the state data, correct? From from Desi. That's right. So it's not like somebody outside went in and analyzed this and you're getting different figures this is data from the department of elementary and secondary education on on spending in these areas um and and the thought of that that erasing school district lines and putting all the money in a pot and distributing it evenly would make a difference just defies every bit of logic in my brain well, well, I mean, if you if you did that and divided it evenly, then St. Louis would get less money. Right, right. right. I mean, so, so what Tony Messenger is interested in doing is not just dividing it evenly, but giving more money to at-risk students or students that are uh, coming from poverty situations. And there's some there's some argument for that that these are harder to educate kids; they need more resources. So I I get that argument, um, although it you know it. He plays it out, I think, to the wrong logical end. But I'll say this. Uh, you know, I'm not completely opposed to the idea of getting rid of district boundaries, and I'm, I want to toss it out there for a different reason. Because what we have here is, a, I see it, a bunch of small monopolies. And if we were to do something like that and move to a system of choice where I'm allowed then to take those dollars, not necessarily to my public school, but I could also take them to a charter school or a private school, I would be fine with that arrangement. But the... Just simply removing district boundaries isn't going to solve a problem if you're still assigning kids to their school. Well, that that sounds like the voucher issue, which is what I was going to bring up next. I mean, my argument is competition would do more, in my opinion, to improve public school education than anything else. And right now there is none when it comes to how the tax dollars are spent. Right, absolutely. I mean, most... Most people have very little say in where their kids are going to go to school. I mean, you, you choose to live in a neighborhood. Uh, if you're a savvy parent, you do that based on the schools, and you pay for the schools in your mortgage. Um, but most people don't have the ability to go and, and purchase or pay for private school tuition. So you're, you're at the whims of your local school district or the state to, to educate your kids, and that's, that seems like a bad situation. It's, it's a much better situation to put parents in charge so that they're able to choose. And just as you said, uh, education is like most other areas. It is an area where competition and choice will lead to improvements over time. We see that right now in the, the charter schools in St. Louis. Regularly, you see stories about bad charter schools closing, and people will say, oh, look, charter schools are terrible because the bad schools close. No, that's evidence that the market's working. The bad schools are closing, and the good schools continue to get even better, and new new schools open each year. Yeah. That's exactly how a market should work. It's a it's a great point. I heard that Donald one of Donald Trump's kids talk about it. it might have been his daughter at the convention, or or his son. One of maybe it's his son who pointed out the fact that 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 one plank of his plan. And I'm not trying to get you to endorse Trump here necessarily, but he talked about the fact that I, I grew up privileged. 
I, I, where the quality of the school I was going to go to was never in doubt. Why shouldn't you have the same right to choose a better situation over the one that you're in? And and whenever people make these arguments, they run up against these teachers unions who want to argue that you can't you can't do that. And the reason they don't want to do it is they don't want the competition. Well, they're, they're they're, they would lose sort of, money. There's some sort of argument out there. I mean, and I'm a former public school teacher, and as you mentioned, I I work at a, at a university where I work with current teachers, um, and. There's some argument out there that this idea of choice is anti-public education. And what I try to tell people, I boil it down to a definition. What is public education? And to me, it's very clear that public education is an idea that we're going to provide everyone with the opportunity to attend school for free. You know, they don't have to pay for it. Now, a choice system fits perfectly within that sort of definition, what we have now, the, the district system is a system. It's the delivery method of public education. And what I envision is a, is a system of choice that still holds those values of free, free schooling for our young people, but at the decision of the parents to choose the schools. So it, it's not contrary to public education. It's just re-envisioning or redefining uh, how we would talk about public education. That's a good point. I would encourage people to go look at that uh, article we were talking about. Uh, Dr. James Schulz uh, with the Show Me Institute and, and the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I appreciate your time. Always great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yep, you have a have a great uh, great weekend. We appreciate that. Go to the showmeinstitute.org. You can look up that story. And, uh, again, w- worth your time to, to see the chart that is included in here. The, the story is titled, How Much Do St. Louis Area Schools Really Spend? It's, it's eye-opening, especially if you're a taxpayer. It's eye-opening.